Our roving reporter Brent Davidson has just been to Japan to sample some Subarus and to go to the Tokyo Motor Show. He's jet-lagged but happy. He joins us on the line now to talk about his experience. Uh, Brent, have I woken you up? Let's go with maybe. <laughs> was I ever asleep, David? That's the other question. I mean, Tokyo is one of those places. It's a it's a city that has a population greater than Australia. If New York never sleeps, I'm not quite sure what Tokyo is on. Um, and there's always something happening. And this time it was a Tokyo Motor Show. Indeed. But you did do some um, very specific, in fact, getting to drive, not just look at stationary vehicles, uh, some Subarus. Now, let's start with the Lavorg. I heard that name and I immediately thought of their Bruce Willis. That, uh, as they, their names are a little unusual. The Bruce Willis goes back a long time, not recently. Uh, did you drive it at an exotic location? Well, it's. I won't go with exotic. Um, we didn't go to the Subaru Proving Ground where we normally go, at, at which place you are um, governed to 80 kilometres an hour, regardless of the factor on NASCAR-style speed bowl. We actually went to a, a five-kilometre road course, a kind of a mini Nürburgring, where the Japanese Olympic cycling team trains, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> this was... a fantastic place to road test this car because Lavorg is essentially a performance station wagon, a sports wagon. I'm amazed at this little track. It, it has been sort of designed with the Nürburgring in mind, but bicycles, one tends to think of narrow little tracks. Was there room for a car? Absolutely. Let, let's go with um, a nice European country road with lots and lots of hills sort of lifted up and transported from uh, somewhere in middle Europe to um, 100 kilometres west of Tokyo. Not far from Mount Fuji. In fact, there was one little uh, little section that I, I nicknamed Skyline, where you sort of crested a rise, and if you looked quickly, you would see Mount Fuji dead ahead before you flicked the steering wheel hard right and hung on. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd probably end up on Mount Fuji. Wagons, of course, for Subaru, they've had, you know, we've got the Outback and things like that, although I think we've lost the Liberty Wagon. Well, well this, this is the thing, David. Lavorg actually comes in to replace two cars or to fill the gap left by the, by the demise of two cars. In this latest iteration of Liberty, we lost the wagon. I mean, if you want a Liberty Wagon, it has to be an Outback. So Lavorg, which is a little smaller than, smaller than the current generation Liberty, will fit into that gap there for Liberty by who want something a little bit special. By the same token, it, it also, because it is built on what is effectively the um, WRX performance car platform, as you know, the, when the new WRX arrived, it, it came without a, a hatchback slash station wagon variant. So this now becomes a, a, a high-performance wagon to fit into that niche there. So like I say, it, it's a single vehicle that comes in to fill a gap left by two cars. I never liked the look of the WRX wagon. I thought it looked a bit gawky at the end. And this uh, looks a little bit more like a traditional station wagon, a little bit, a bit like an outback. It's a, a nice, balanced car. Look, I'm going to tell you, David, this goes to the top of my list of uh, Subarus that I want to own because it is a beautiful car, not only to, to drive, but also very, very easy on the eye. The proportions are just right. If anything, you might say the nose is a weeny bit long, but, you know, you stick those big wheels on it and the bonnet scoop and the whole bit, and, and you get a nice-looking vehicle. And to drive, it is absolutely sensational because it's the WRX with a little bit more weight, CBT 
gearbox automatic transmission is uh, is standard fit on this car there is no manual option and the, the the turbocharged engine with 201 kilowatts that's about four or five kilowatts more than the current wrx it and the and the transmission really work well together and the all-wheel drive system i might say i mean we were we were hitting corners on this test track where in other cars, you might find the rear end trying to catch up with the front end, but this thing just hung on for, for, for dear life and, and just kept on going. I think the WRX, of course, in Australia, the sedan, comes with the CVT and is much easier to drive than the hotter STI, which comes with the manual, which tends to be on and off, almost neck snapping every time you drive it. it uh, I thought in the WRX that CVT gearbox was a good balance to it. It sounds like... You know, with a little bit more weight, uh, not quite the performance, but gee, it, I, it sounds like it would still go very hard. Well, look, you have to wonder, David, about this uh, not quite the performance. I mean, in, in a country where we're speed limited to 110, a, a microsecond here and a, and, a, and a quarter of a second there makes no real difference in the overall scheme of things. And I would suggest that because of its dimensional changes, modest though they might be, the Lavorg is probably a weeny bit better balanced than the WRX sedan. Okay, yeah, no, I... I hear your point uh, completely that uh, it's almost, uh, well, it is academic, yeah, the difference in the performance. Now, can we, can, we, can, we just, can we just touch on another performance Subaru that I drove as well, David? And, and this is going to have some, some appeal to those people who like SUVs and performance cars. And it's the WRX engine transmission package again, but this time not in a wagon as such, but uh, transplanted into the Forester SUV. So we go from the 125-kilowatt regular Forester to the TX that you can go and buy from your dealership right now to the WRX engine but detuned from 197 kilowatts to 177 just to get a little bit more grunt on the, uh, on, on the torque curve. And again, really, really done very nicely by the STI, that's Subaru Technica International Department, the, the, the sports arm of Subaru, to give another dimension to a, a, an already nice vehicle. It still sits up a, a little taller than a typical sedan? Well, that's, that's the thing. It does sit up a bit taller, but it, it sits a bit lower than the regular Forester. And, and, and the people at STI went to great pains to suggest that this is not an off-road vehicle. This is an on-road SUV, a performance SUV. Quite often, Subarus with their all-wheel drive, and particularly things like the Outback, had that image and, and, and practicality, reality, of being able to go uh, off-road, perhaps not climbing up mountains or side of mountains, but still you know, a, a wider range of opportunities than just your normal sedan. Are these two cars going to make it to Australia? Absolutely. Lavorg is here as a, uh, well, effectively a mainstream model from about the middle of next year, uh, June, July uh, is, is uh, the time frame that Subaru management locally is suggesting. The Forrester S uh, TS lowercase t, uppercase s. It will come here as a, a, a limited vehicle, 300 only, and it will be about May, June next year. Pricing they're not telling us about at this point. Um, final model spec they're not telling us about. The cars we drove in Tokyo were Japanese market specification, but we can be sure that the Lavorg will come here in two uh, trim levels, GT and GTS, and the Forester TS will be one trim level only. It seems like Subaru is really concentrating, you know, re-emphasising 
its performance heritage. Yeah, and, and that was made apparent at the Tokyo show where it, uh, or the STI division released the S207, which is a wolf in wolf clothing, if you like. It's, it's the STI, the, the, the super high performance version, but with more power, bigger wheels, a huge wing on the back, more aero on the front, Bigger scoops, more scoops, all sorts of things. They are, yes, they're, you're right. They're really trying to chase that performance image. And succeeding, I might add. I mean, the, the, the BRZ, the, the little uh, coupe, that very delightful little, little car that's shared with the uh, Toyota, there is a TS, lowercase t, uppercase s, version of that, which is essentially suspension, wheels and exhausts. We got to do a lap or two of the track in that, and I can tell you, it is a way, way different kettle of fish than the regular um, BRZ, and that is a nice car in itself to start with. Talking about a car with a bigger wing on the back and more aerodynamics on the front, the teenager will love it, I must confess. There's a new Impreza, which they say is the first of a new generation of Subaru models. This was unveiled in, uh, in, in Tokyo. It's the Impreza five-door concept, and I have to tell you that this car is as pretty much as close to a, a, a production-ready concept as you'll get. Uh, put some proper rear vision mirrors on it, some real wheels and tyres, not the 20-inch uh, the monstrosities that, are on, that were on the concept car in, in Tokyo. Uh, put some proper door handles on it, change the lights to the real deal, and you've probably pretty much got uh, what will be the next five-door uh, Subaru Impreza. They're really pushing out the product, aren't they? And finally, the Visiv? Yes, V-I-Z-I-V, a palindromic SUV concept. Um, Visiv, Visiv if, you, if you squint, could be the next Forester, the next generation Forester, which is maybe still two or three years down the track. These two cars, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit. I'm trying, trying to get my thoughts here. The, the Visiv and the Impreza 5-door are both pointing towards a very different design language at Subaru. It's very harmonious. I mean, for so many years, Subaru made technically excellent but slightly stylistically awkward cars. Not anymore. Not with these two, at least. And not with the BRZ either, by the way. You talk about it being palindromic. I thought for a moment it looked the same from the back and the front. But nonetheless, it's got a more stylish design up around the lights around the front. They're not just normal little lights. They're almost like a, a, a scoop type thing on yes, its side. Yes, the, the, the letter C, basically. But what we're seeing with, with both of these two cars, the, the Impreza concept and, and Visiv, is we, we're getting a more family look, which is what a lot of manufacturers are going for now. Um, Subaru was one, was one of the last, and it's getting this sort of this five-point grill and the C-shaped lights and a, a certain shape to the front spoiler, this sort of thing. And it, it look... There is a very nice design language happening at Subaru and, and more power to them, I say. Prominent nose on it, a little bit like Mazda, I thought, in its looks, but not, not a copy, but uh, nonetheless a, a stylish one. I think you're right that Subaru were not quite the sensible shoe sort of look, but they were not over-revolutionary in their looks and uh, to some of them. And as I said, even like if you go back to the WRX uh, station wagon or it was um, a little bit gawky in its way. And the other thing about Visi, which I should have mentioned earlier, is that it is a hybrid car. So 
Japan oh, okay. is uh, looking at, at Europe and saying no, diesels aren't working for many reasons, and they don't they don't mention the letters V or W for any, any at any time. But they are more taken with the notion of hybrids and fuel cells in Japan. Yes, I think you'll see that. I mean, Paris is. Uh, trying to do away with, I think, older-style diesels in its centre. The move against diesels might not be total, but it'll be fairly strong. Absolutely. And and just on that uh, on that VW uh, story, the latest to come out of Europe is that VW is now stepping up its own hybrid and electric vehicle uh, production and will not wind down diesels, but, but, but diesels will take less of a, of a star role in, in, in that company's lineup longer term. I think pushing new technology or different technology will be one of the, how should you say, almost PR exercises as much as a, a, a technical exercise from v, VW's perspective. That's exactly right. That they will be able to say, we, we can do some other things. That, in fact, will be the first hybrid for Subaru. Uh, yes, it will. Well, let's go with yes. I mean, they have they have played with them before, and uh, if if this comes off, it will be. And look, I think it's it's a matter of when, not if. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to talk to some Subaru and STI engineers during my couple of days in Tokyo, and being shrinking violets at all when you start talking hybrids, they they want to know what we think of the notion and will they work and just pay. Basically, that's the way we're going. Well, I think 10% of Toyota's being sold to hybrids. The success of them, uh, well, the significance of them is more than just a very minor niche. It's really becoming quite strong, not only, of course, for fuel economy, but also performance. 20,000 taxi drivers can't be wrong, can they? (laughs) <laughs> well, some might argue, but uh, <laughs> Brent, yeah, that's good, and uh, I really do appreciate uh, your time, particularly after such a hectic schedule that you've had. David, it's always my pleasure. Brent Davidson from the Newcastle Herald and the Illawarra Mercury talking about some Subarus that he has just driven while in uh, to- Tokyo and in Japan, and of course uh, he has uh, went to the Tokyo Motor Show, which we might talk about in a little bit more detail.